Good morning. It is great to see you. Hi, everybody online. Thank you. God bless you. We, uh, I have a question for you. How many of you fell down on Wednesday? <laughs> Look at all the hands. That's a lot of people. Are you okay? Wasn't it amazing? I was like, I, it took me back to like my Bible school days in Missouri where the ice, you know, kind of, and you just couldn't see it. And it was just like, I just saw people going down everywhere. I was, I was like, like, getting out of the car. I felt like a two-year-old trying to figure out how to walk. It was so crazy. But we're glad you're okay. It's Colorado in January, right? And here we are, a couple days of sunshine, blue sky. Let's just enjoy the weather. Never know what you're going to get around here. But thank you for taking the time to be Timberline and to be with Timberline we don't take it for granted, and I, I really mean that. It's, I'm, I'm excited about this weekend. It's, a, it's a, a challenging message, no doubt, so I need you to really prepare your heart for, for today. We, last week, Pastor Jeff kicked off uh, the series, How We Change Practices, and we're going we're gonna to talk about sacrifice today. Last week, we talked about practice and what it means to practice. This week we're talking about sacrifice, and so what does that mean for us to say, am I a person who is willing to sacrifice? And I honestly don't think people understand what, what the practice of sacrifice is in a spiritual dimension. It might not be what you think it is, so please open your heart today. But then next week I get to lead us in a practice called celebration. So it's work hard this weekend, let's party next weekend. Really, that's what it is, okay? So I hope you can, you can be here for that as well. We're having a great time. I, uh, I think, to be honest, this week, as, as you know, we plan these series way ahead, and so we get to read, and we're reading a couple books about these things, and I don't think I sacrifice that much. And I'm, I'm really convicted about that, so I'll start with that. I, matter of fact, it's taken me on a little bit of a tailspin journey with, you know, there might be some of you who have sacrificed to be a Christian in America, maybe in a university world, you're a professor, and, you know, Christianity's looked down on, someone mocks you, or you're a student, and people don't like your opinion. I, I get that, but for the most part in America, we, we get to have our faith. Would you agree with that? We, we get to profess Jesus. We don't sacrifice. There are people who, who are, are killed if they profess the name of Jesus in our world. I, I don't know what that's like. And I think even physically, I don't know that, you know, probably most of you had a place to stay last night. Maybe not all of you. We have a, a lot of people in our church struggling with home, homelessness and issues. I get that. But, but most of you probably will eat food today. And, and you're not in a place where you're sacrificing something. So it, then a bunch of other questions start coming to me. So when, do you, first of all, do you believe someone can change? Yeah, some of you are like, I hope it's true for you, buddy. No, <laughs> this isn't for them. This is for you, okay? So start, start with you. Can a person even change? And what will make them change? Is it pain? Do you change easier when it's painful? Are you willing to change without pain? Is that, I mean, there's all these complexities of like, what is it that, that causes me to add this practice into my life and to try to get it right? So, so we're going we're gonna to kind of walk through some of this. 
I, I think you've experienced sacrifice already today by some of the people who helped us already today. The, we have greeters who, who got here and ushers who have helped us today. We have people who have served on our platform today who are, are volunteers. They're not paid to be here. I, I, I get a salary for doing my job. I'm expected to be here. Now hopefully I'm doing it with the right heart and it doesn't feel like a duty to me. But you have volunteers who gave us their entire last night and their entire morning on Sunday. Would you say that's a lot? And some of them do it, you know, multiple weeks in a row. Let's say thank you. That's huge. I, it even made me think of the people that they are leaving behind. A mom, a dad with kids. When they say, hey, I'm going to help lead worship at Timberlake, their spouse goes, oh no, I got all the kids all morning? It's a sacrifice. So there are some things about sacrifice that I want you to understand and I want you to get. So there's an outline you can follow along on the app, the Timberline app, if you've downloaded it. If not, it'll be on the screen as well. Understanding, number one, understanding sacrifice as a spiritual practice. What does that feel like? What does it look like? And so I'm going to try to, these first two points are navigating the challenges of what it is and what it isn't. Because if we understand that, then I'm going to give you a practical story of what sacrifice looks like. Dallas Willard says this about sacrifice. Deliberately forsaking the security of satisfying our own needs with our resources in the faith and hope that God will sustain us. And you could, you could take that home and just read it over and over. There's a lot in that little statement right there. I am willing to know that the things in my hand are given to me by God and I am to use them as a steward. They're not mine to keep or own. I'm using those things. It is God who sustains me. The practice of sacrifice is one of the practices that we sometimes dread talking about. And I, I believe it's not as hard or confusing as we might think. I want us to have an open mind today to realize that this practice can be really fulfilling and really satisfying in our lives. Let me tell you a couple things that it's not. Biblical sacrifice and doing sacrifice as a practice is not finding a way for you to feel pain. It's not creating something where you go, I'm suffering right now, God, do you notice? It's not giving up one of the very things that God has provided for you and being proud about that. You, you can say, oh, I'm going to sleep outside in the snow just so I can know suffering a little bit better. Well, God's provided a place for you not to have to do that. Enjoy that. So it's not you creating a sacrifice that God doesn't want you to create. It's not doing something radical to get God's attention. I'm going to deny myself everything so that God will know that I'm here. God knows your heart. He, he knows the hairs on your head. So it's, it's a powerful thing to realize. Then what is it then? What, what is sacrifice? It's, it's some of these things. It's, it's breaking the cycle of simply being a consumer Christian. Do you know what that is? A consumer Christian is someone who it's all about them. 
I want you to sing this style of worship. I want to sit in these kind of chairs. I want the temperature to be like this. I'll pick and choose what I want. It's like going to the grocery store. I'll go to the vegetable aisle. I'll get some fruit. But it's up to me. This is my life. I'll take and choose what it is. And that's not what Christianity is. Christianity is being a part of a community that sometimes requires sacrifice for the well-being of the community. You look at the early church and you see that. Not everyone wants to live like that. And it's a challenge. It is somehow breaking that cycle. Sacrifice is also putting the needs of others in front of your own. Just think about the last time you may have done that. It's doing what is within your means to meet a need that you see. Now, is it true that your means might be different than mine? How many of you think that everyone in this room makes the exact same amount of money? No. Some of you have been blessed financially. You've been blessed with health. Some of you have been on a struggle in your health. You can't do certain things that someone else can do because of your health. Financially, others can do things that you can't do. But what is within my means that I can do? That's the power of sacrifice. They come out of church one day and Jesus goes, hey, do you notice that lady who gave the two mites? Remember that story? And they're like, yeah, but do you see how much money everyone else gave? Well, she gave the most. Two mites, what are you talking about? It's less than a penny. I know, but it's all she had. See, she gave the least, but she sacrificed the most, and so she gave the most. That's the kingdom. That's why sacrifice is not measured in the way that we measure it in human form in our great nation. So that's why it's tricky. Is you can't just force yourself to do something sacrificial. It might not be sacrificial at all. The things that might be sacrificial are things that you might not have even recognized yet. I believe that every act or practice of sacrifice in my life that I'm on offering to God must involve the elements of faith, hope, and love. I'm believing, I'm hopeful, and I'm doing this out of love for the right reasons. This is not the opposite of materialism. You know, some people would say, well, sacrifice is the opposite of materialism. No, it really isn't. Can you guys remember that old bumper sticker? It's been around for decades. It says, he who dies with the most toys wins. Right? And, and we laugh, and it's funny, and I get that. And if you have that on your car, shame on you. Repent. Come forward. Just kidding. <laughs> kidding. Um, sacrifice... And as a practice, doesn't mean that we go make a new bumper sticker that says, he who dies with nothing wins. See, it's not a, it's not a parallel. God's not asking you to live with nothing. He's, he's the one who has put the provisions in your hands. So be thankful. Live with, with gratitude. So it's not just about getting rid of this stuff. True godly sacrifice boils down to faith in God to a level of obeying his every desire. And here's the problem with it. I don't listen to those nudges as often as I should. I don't hear them. It's almost embarrassing to say that because you know the Old Testament, Abraham's going to make this, you know, offer his son and all this, and this phrase comes out of this sacrifice on the altar. Obedience is better than what? Sacrifice. 
So God is letting us know obeying is the sacrifice. Obeying, doing His will. But that requires listening. That requires me paying attention to the nudges of God. And the problem with that is that I'm busy. You're busy. I've got, I've got a place to go today. I've got things on my calendar. I've got, I got to get through the boxes. <laughs> right? And I miss it. And I just rush by. I just, I just literally walk by the very thing that might be a nudge from the Spirit to say, hey, pay attention to this over here. Try to, I'm trying to walk slower this week. I've done a couple things already in my calendar to change my typical responses. The second thing that helps us in a foundation of this in your outline is this. Motive matters. It's very important that you get this right. Motive matters when practicing sacrifice. Why are you doing this? Well, I'm going to fast for two weeks. Why? I'm going to give my whole savings account. Why? Do you want something out of this? Is it, what is it? What, what's the motive? So the Olympics are coming up. I love the Olympics. Summer or winter. I'm just amazed. Question. How many of you believe that these athletes sacrifice? Go like this. <laughs> yeah, man. And you're going to see story after story when you watch the Olympics, if you do, where they go back and give you the backstory. Eight hours a day in the gym. Here's where they live. This is how they work out. Here are their trainers. And it's harsh. And it's amazing. And they sacrifice so much in what they eat and don't eat and how they live. And they're doing it for what? A medal? It's for themselves. Nothing wrong with that. I still admire it. But that isn't the kind of sacrifice that we're talking about in here. Okay? Everybody get that? It's not me becoming the best me so that I can break a record or do something great. It's me living in the will of God in a manner that expands the kingdom of God. I might not even hardly realize I'm sacrificing because I'm so excited about the sacrifice that I've made. It's the labor of a mom holding that child saying it was worth it all. Maybe the next day. <laughs> I didn't have any problem in any of the children I've delivered. <laughs> That's the challenge. Is Sometimes these sacrifices are so much a part of our lives. Look at this. Romans 12.1 Present your bodies. And this is talking about flesh and blood. Your body. Present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Now when Paul's writing this, he's writing it to a lot of Jewish readers who understand sacrifice. And sacrifice usually involves a dead animal. So it caught their attention when he said, present your body as a living sacrifice. Jesus already died. You don't have to die and you don't have to sacrifice animals anymore. Now you bring your body as a living sacrifice. My thoughts, my, my deeds, my activities, the things I do, the places I go. Suddenly, my whole life, this is my life now. Powerful when you think about it. It's the recognition that even my flesh, the cravings, be them good or bad, the desires of the flesh, the needs that you have, the greeds, the lusts, the, all of that stuff must yield 
to your creator. That's a sacrifice of praise. It's letting my body be a living sacrifice. In Hebrews 13, 15, it says, Through him, then let us continually offer a sacrifice of praise to God. That is, the fruit of lips that confess his name. The continually part of that is what's probably the, the toughest. So what is, what is my motive? What should I sacrifice? Like what would be some scenarios that I am talking about today? It would be these. Trying to meet the, the need of another person. Going, going out of your way to help someone else. I, I don't want to embarrass you, but I'm telling you, this is my Home Depot guy right here. And he knows where everything is in that store. When I go in there, I just look for him. It's like, you know, get to know him today. I'm serious. If you, if you need something, I've said, oh, I need a little bolt this big. Oh, come with me. But aren't you busy doing this? Oh, no, no. You're more important. And he says that to everybody. And there's something about the sacrifice that says, I'm going to value what you need more than what I'm doing at the moment. And you guys, it's easy to say this. It's not easy to do in real life. It's not easy to do. To help a person. To make a difference in a situation. To honor God by what I say. By how I live. You know, Bonnie and I have always been tithers. And this isn't a sermon about tithing, but I think it, it, it fits. Sometimes it's a real sacrifice when you write a tithe check. I remember a guy, a guy came to me one time and he said, yeah, but I make a lot of money. When I write my tithe check, it's big and it's really hard to give it. And I said, well, let's pray that you'll make a lot less money so that you're comfortable. <laughs> oh, no, 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 let's not pray that. Bonnie and I have always tithed. We were just, it's just part of our DNA. We've always given the missions. I, I believe we've sacrificially given the missions. Because we believe in it. You say, am I, am I doting on myself? No, I'm just saying, this has been worth it to us. When, when we built this building, so many of you, I mean, I'm looking out here, I see so many of you were here. You were part of our family over on LeMay, and we said, we bought this 35 acres, let's build this building. Some of you weren't here, but let me tell you something. People sacrificed so you could walk in here today. This isn't free. Sacrifices were made financially in order to provide space for what has become thousands and thousands and thousands of people who are now doing better in their walk with Jesus. Because this is simply a facility. It's all going to burn. We don't worship this building. But we sacrifice to put it here to do what we're doing right now. Because we believe in corporate worship. We believe in the teaching of God's Word. So that's a sacrifice worth making. I could go on and on about this, but let's get to the heart of this. So those are the kind of preludes. And the third thing is an example. Let me just walk you through an example. And I love this story. So... The story starts with Jesus who is just minding his own business. If you've followed Jesus very long, if you read the New Testament in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you'll see that the religious people, Jewish people, tried to trick him all the time. 
Why are you healing on the Sabbath? Why are you? They always tried to, to create a, a, a problem for him with how he was viewed by the public. So this, this guy comes up to Jesus and he's, he's trying to throw Jesus off. So keep his motive isn't pure. And he simply says to Jesus, and the Bible says he's an expert in the law. So, so he's one of these high-level Jewish, either a rabbi or a, leading a, a synagogue, whatever. And he says to Jesus in front of his friends, um, what must you do to inherit eternal life? Eternal life? Well, it's a trick. And Jesus says smartly and wisely, how do you see it? I'm sure he, he feels, oh, now I have my moment. Because every little boy in Jewish culture, they memorize the book of Deuteronomy. And he pulls it out of Deuteronomy and he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, body, soul, and strength. And Jesus says, yeah, you're right. Have a nice day. But the Bible says that he wanted to justify himself. He wanted to continue the trick. So he said, well, but who is my neighbor? So this opened the door. I think Jesus was saying, you asked for it, buddy. I tried to let you off the hook. You pushed me a little too far. And he told this story in Luke chapter 10. And you've got to understand the racial tension in this story. You talk about a hotbed. You think we're in racial tensions today, and we are. But the Samaritans and the, the Jewish people, they hated each other. There's a lot of long, there's hundreds of years of reasons for this. They had different walkways to the same place, so they wouldn't even have to walk on the same path. Okay? So Jesus is about to jump into the middle of this racist story. It's more a racist story than it is about the Good Samaritan, to be honest with you. But we don't always see it that way in our culture. But in this culture, this is a hotbed. He's jumping into a big thing right here. Jesus replies with the story. A Jewish man, why is that important? Because that's who asked him the question. So, so that, now follow this with me. He says, a Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho. And this is a, this is a terrible place. I've been there. Some of you have been there. It's, it's a crooked road. It has cliffs and rocks. And, and a lot of bandits would, would hide out there and rob people at night. It was not a safe road. So they immediately knew the exact place he was talking about. He was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes. They beat him up. They left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came by. Who's the priest? Jewish or Samaritan? Jewish. Very important because the story would indicate that this would be the person who would help the man. We stick together. Now it does kind of bug me that he used a priest. Why is it every TV show that, that somehow has a pastor in it is like an idiot? <laughs> Blows my mind. I'm like, I'm going to make my own movie someday. We are not that. I just want to throw something at the TV sometimes and say, where'd you find this joke? Where was I? The came along. Yeah, yeah, the priest came along. Jewish, very important. And he didn't, he didn't help him. He went by on the other side. So then, by chance, someone else came along. A temple assistant. Who? Jewish or Samaritan? Jewish. 
an associate pastor. He walked around him, left him lying there. Then a de despised Samaritan. It's amazing that Jesus actually says that. Because it's the one moment they would agree with him. In their minds they're saying, no, a priest wouldn't leave him. No, a temple assistant wouldn't leave him. Oh, but a despised Samaritan? Yeah, we know he's going to leave him. Uh, when he saw him, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds, gave him olive oil and wine, bandaged him. Then he put the man on his own donkey, took him to an inn where he cared for him. The next day he handed the innkeeper two coins telling him, take care of this man. If the bill runs out, I'll pay you next time I'm here. Now which one of these three <laughs> would you say was your neighbor, mister? <laughs> Notice he doesn't even say the Samaritan. That's not going to come out of his mouth. He, he won't even admit it. He says, the one who showed mercy. Could have been anybody. You're right. Go and do the same. So it, it brings us to these seven little things. I know there's seven. Don't get nervous. I'll go quick. I promise. These are really practical steps that I want you to see because this defines the sacrifice that I'm talking about. Number one, the Samaritan saw the man. He saw him. And man, when I was building this outline, I literally just stopped for a moment and I just kept reading that line. He saw him. 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 And I don't, I don't know if I have that. Because sometimes I, I acknowledge someone's there, but I don't really see them. Not with their need. Not with the real situation that they're in. Have I become calloused? I see you. I won't go into the story, but there's a little lady in the Old Testament named Hagar. Anybody remember that? Barren, suffering, a lot of reasons to suffer. God finally answers her prayer and she gives God a new name. El Roi, and it means God sees me. It's a big deal. And if, if God sees us, it's only so that we can see others. He saw him. Number two, he felt compassion. So this, this seeing leads to something deeper in the emotional being. He feels this compassion. Can you help somebody without compassion? I mean, honestly, you, you can. Maybe not in the right way or the best way, but... Oh, let's just give our two cents to this thing and move on. Buy the piece of art from the school. We've got to do something to donate. <laughs> right? But he felt something. You guys, I want to live my life feeling something for people who are hurting and wounded. And I want it to be a God feeling. Number three, he went to him. He, he left his path. Uh-oh. Samaritans, you stay over here. Here's the line. He went to the crime scene. That's a big deal. Because it's not easy. 
You know the old phrase, I've said it to you before, it's easy to get into somebody's life, it's really hard to get out. He got into this guy's life. He went to where he was. Think about all the spiritual ramifications that has with it. He went to where he was. Number four, he cared for him. He literally got involved. How many times today do we hear, don't get involved? And believe me, there are times, and especially in criminal situations, where you should not get involved. I get that. But man, when it comes to the nudges of the Spirit in your life, maybe getting involved is the very thing that is the sacrifice. Well, you don't understand. I'm, I'm, I'm going here. I know, but this might be a higher priority. If you let the Spirit really help you see this, it might really make a lifetime difference with this person. You're just going to the game. This is a lifetime moment for this person. These are... These are hard things to live out, and I get it. Number five, he traveled with him. What? This is getting ridiculous now. Get, get on my donkey. Come on, let's do this together. I'm going to take you the rest of the way. We're going together. When Bonnie and I fly in a plane, I try to find a plane that has two seats. One for her and one for me, and no strangers in the middle. I don't want my elbows touching them. All right. It's like, it's like traveling with somebody. Are you kidding? Get in my car. I'm taking you there. Would I do that? This is, a, this is big. Wow. I, I'm, I'm talking to myself a lot this weekend too because I, I'm, I'm I want to practice this thing of sacrifice. But there, it's easy to kind of say, I've done all I can do. This guy could have said, look, I bandaged you, olive oil, wine. I've, I've, you're going to be fine now. i got to go. But he said, i got to go and you're going with me. What a picture of the church. Number six, he paid for him. Wow. That's, that speaks for itself. Number seven, he followed up with him. I was surprised by this one a little bit when I looked at this. He says, hey, um, if this costs a little more, I'm coming back here. And I'll take care of it because I really want to make sure this, this ends well. Am I a finisher? Will I follow up? Will I check back around? Will I go the extra mile? I hope so. Hebrews 13, 16 says this. Please listen carefully to these words. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have for such sacrifices. Say it with me. Are pleasing to God. One more time. Are pleasing to God. Wow. What's it going to look like in your life? What's it going to look like in mine? So we have the sticky note thing going on. Do you notice all these on both sides? We are going to add to those today. Last week, Pastor Jeff had a question to put a first name on the sticky note. Someone's first name. It was encourage you or whatever the question was. I don't remember exactly. But I put mine up there. <clears throat> Today, I have two questions. You can answer them both and put a sticky note or you can pick one. I'm trying to give you choices. Here's the first one. Who in your life sacrificed for you to improve your life? And you can't say Jesus. 
because that's true for all of us, okay? Talk about sacrifice, he laid down his life. Would you say that's big? It's big. Think of someone in your life, and, and we just want their first name, okay? The second question, which is the one I'm choosing for this weekend, is this one. What is God or how is God asking you to sacrifice? This might take a little thought. Don't just quickly rush to an answer. What is it? You could give up this week or next week. There's lots of little gimmicks that have been thrown out for, through the years. Like give up a Starbucks once a week for a month. Put the 20 bucks in or the 100 bucks in you know, the offering. <laughs> However you want to label it. Is there a nudge from the Spirit in your life that you could sacrifice something? It might be financial giving. Maybe you're not doing that well. It might be missions. It might be going. It might be time. What is it that's a nudge? Not out of guilt. Don't do it out of guilt. It won't last. Do it out of joy to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take on this nudge. And I'm going to sacrifice something. And I'm going to do it as unto the Lord because I feel prompted to do it. And you could just put opportunity up there and then this week God will give you an opportunity. Will you chase the nudge? That's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Okay, Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We need you. You're an amazing God. And we just want this message to, to really simmer in our hearts. So put the lid on. Let it steam. Let it soften us. And, and make us tender. We know you'll do that. Thank you for helping us today. We trust you in your mighty name.